My favorite way to unwind and dive into something more fun is June's Journey. The game lets me channel my inner detective and unlock compelling stories, strong female characters, and a mystery I want to solve. If you like true crime podcasts, it's the perfect game to play along while you listen. The Hidden Object Mystery Game will put your detective skills to the test in the roaring 1920s. You play as June Parker as she tries to solve her sister's murder and along the way uncovers family secrets. Chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Mystery, danger, romance all await you if you download the game now. I'm on chapter four and wondering how these clues will help me crack the case of who did it and why. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. If you love Snapped, Women Who Murder, you're going to love listening to true crime or mystery titles on Audible. The audio title I'm diving into again is one of my favorites to revisit, Mindhunter by John Douglas and Mark Ulshaker. Even if you think you know the details of the cases, former FBI unit chief John Douglas took on from documentaries or the scripted show, the audio title goes above and beyond in bringing you along with him in his career, trying to catch serial killers and serial perpetrators. He used psychological profiling to dive into the minds of notorious criminals. The title includes his hunt for a killer in Alaska, the Green River Killer, and so much more. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. It is the home of storytelling after all. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash snapped or text snapped to 500-500. That's audible.com slash snapped or text snapped to 500-500. of 2015, Gypsy Blanchard and Nicholas Godijan decided murdering her mother, Didi, was their only option if they wanted to be together. Gypsy Blanchard told Nicholas Godijan that she would never be able to follow through with killing her mother, and if they were ever going to be together, she needed him to do it. But originally, I didn't even want to do that. I wanted to grab her and run. If I had to, I'll admit it, if I had to blackmail her mom to keep her away from her, I would've. I think Nicholas was also hesitant. I don't think he necessarily wanted to go through with it. I think he tried to maybe talk Gypsy out of it a few times and it didn't work. So once he realized it wasn't going to work, he got on board with it. That's when I told her, you know I would do anything to be with you. So they're like, okay, if you're really serious about this, then this is something to not joke around about. You have to understand that once we do this, we are not going to be able to go back. This is something to not turn back from. And she's like, I understand that, I understand that. But a lot of different methods we went through, a lot of them. Making it look like her mom committed suicide, which too much work is what she ended up thinking that was. Then ended up going from there to like poisoning. For the poisoning thing, we really didn't know how to get in any hands on any poison. So once she brought up a, a firearm, I'm like, that makes too much noise. You don't want to alert anyone around you. Nicholas determined stabbing would be the best way to kill Dee Dee because she would bleed out faster and he thought it would be just a quick, easy death for her. I told her that uh, you, you don't want to alert your neighbors or anything else like that. So that might be the way we have to cope. 
So really, is in my eyes, the way I see it, I see it as basically it was a conjoined uh, decision. It was really both of our decision really. It took some time for them to plan everything. They had to make sure everything was in place for the murder to happen and then to get away as quickly as possible. Gypsy pays for his bus ticket to get him down from Wisconsin. She had sent him money. She would be, I think, pretty good at uh, taking uh, money from her mom. And she ended up mailing that to Mr. Godishan. There was a definitely more excitement, I think, building in their communication as they knew the day was getting closer to Dee Dee being murdered. Gypsy was emphasizing that she was ready, that she was basically looking forward to Nicholas coming and, and carrying out the crime. Nicholas was very receptive to that. He was just as excited and ready. She said, as long as we be together, that's all that matters to me. One of the other things that she said and that convinced her that it was the right thing to do, she said, I love you more than I love my mom. I'm like, really? I'm not joking about that. I really mean it. I said to her, I feel honored that I love you. And we're the very depths of my heart, too. You know, I, I, want, I want to do anything for you if I can. On June 8th, 2015, Nicholas Godijan boarded a bus in Waukesha, Wisconsin, to head for Springfield, Missouri. It was a 17-hour bus ride. Getting to see Gypsy was on my mind the entire time. I was driven to be with her. Regardless of what happened, I was going to be, be with her. That's what was in my mind. That's what I made my mind up as, regardless of how it was going to have to happen. About 5, 6 AM on June 9th is when Mr. Godishan gets to Springfield. He gets into town, and he gets his motel room. For the most part, he spends that day in his motel room. Me and her were talking to each other the entire time. They not seamlessly, rather awkwardly transition from talking about all of the preparation for murder to having sex and what kind of sex they're going to have and what Gypsy will wear. The emotions were building, and it was definitely evident in their, their text messages to each other. I think she was captive in a real sense. Her individuality was stifled, and she was under the thumb of her mother. She viewed her escape as requiring the most extreme behavior possible, which was murder. As we start getting to the evening of June 9th, as it's getting closer, again, this excitement is coming out in their conversations. She would play on this notion that uh, she really didn't believe I would do it. She wouldn't believe I would do it. She's like, you're not backing out on me now, are you? In June of 2015, Nicholas Godijan traveled to the home of Gypsy and Dee Dee Blanchard with the intent of murdering Dee Dee in her sleep. 
It was Nicholas and Gypsy's last desperate resort to be together after their other plans had failed. They had worked it out between each other. She was going to leave the door open. She was going to have the knife for him. And then it was up to him to do the ultimate deed. She repeatedly thanks him for doing what needs to be done. At one point, she phrases it, thank you for doing the worst for the best of us. She does make mention in her text messages when she is alerting Mr. Godishan that Claudine's taken her sleeping pill. She should be asleep soon. She's like, I said goodnight to my mom. I'm at peace now. I got to say my last I love you to her and everything else. I'm ready for this. I'm 100% That's what she told me. After that, he took a cab from the Days Inn to the address on Volunteer Way. At one point, Mr. Godishan asks whether or not Claudine is a, a light or a heavy sleeper. She was excited about it. But at the same time, I could tell from the way that she was talking to me that she was afraid that this wasn't going to go as well as it should. She would play on this notion that uh, she really didn't believe I would do it. She's like, you're not backing out on me now, are you? I'm like, no. About 2.07 AM, he texts Gypsy, I'm here. So she's like, OK, uh, come out to the door. I'll let you in. And she said, make sure you have your leg tucks gloves on at the time. Well, that's what I did. I had to have them on. The very second that she let me in the door, I put my very first foot down. I had one of those moments you might only have once in your lifetime. It was an angel and a devil. First, the angel spoke. It actually said his very actual words was, take her and run. And then you had the other part of me, that time devil. What it ended up telling me was, this bitch is dead. That's all it said, this bitch is dead. I got so darn enraged that the side of me clicked. Unfortunately, that part of me wanted to come out for a very long time, and the very first opportunity it got, I didn't waste any time trying to make an example out of somebody, unfortunately. Uh, that, that dark shadow part of me that really is triggered by anger. Once that level of anger clicks, I, I see red. I see red. So I ended up whispering to Gypsy, get in the bathroom, because I just want to get this over with. From that point forward, there's no turning back. I just, in midair, just went on top of her and instantaneously woke her up. Claudine actually woke up and could tell that this strange person was on top of her and was actually asking who he was. She ended up asking me, who are you? I'm your effing nightmare. While she was struggling, that other part of me, he ended up saying, you'll be dead before I let you get between me and Ruby. I lost all control. I had no control of my body, none. He stabbed her 17 times in the back, almost decapitated her. Gypsy was in the bathroom hiding as her mother was being stabbed. She heard her mother screaming and even calling her name. And Gypsy felt bad. She just stayed hidden in the bathroom the entire time and didn't go to her mother's rescue. After her mom passed away, I stayed at the doorway, like, 
a good five minutes to make sure her mom was gone. Because I didn't want her, someone getting up and then going after her daughter or trying to go after me or something. I just wanted to make sure. After that, I'm going to the bathroom door. We had a code that we came up with. This way, she would know it's me rather than her mom. I ended up having a wound on my finger that I was bleeding all over the house. So she had to clean that up. He actually had asked that Gypsy clean naked because that was a turn on to him. After that happened, <clears throat> I ended up having sex in uh, Gypsy's bedroom. After the crime was committed and they did what they thought they needed to do to clean up the scene, they went back to the hotel where Nicholas had been staying. They were excited after they committed the murder. The mission was accomplished, and it was a time for celebration so that they could be together. <laughs> There's this video. It's Nicholas naked in the bed, and she's giggling. He's eating a brownie. <laughs> but later, he will be eating me. <laughs> It's just so laissez-faire. It's so removed from two, three hours ago, I killed your mom. Two, three hours ago, I had you kill my mom. <laughs> oh, let's giggle and have sex and make videos. No sense of remorse, no sense of regret, no sense of sadness. I was with her in the hotel two days, uh, both blissful. They actually then were scheduled to get back on a Greyhound bus to Wisconsin that next day. Gypsy had by this point ditched the wheelchair. The surveillance from the Greyhound bus station shows them waiting in line and then ultimately finally getting on that bus to go back to Wisconsin. Gypsy liked uh, where I lived at the time, Big Ben. She liked it there. She thought it was really peaceful. She really did. I was by her side whenever I made her begin walking. The only thing that she had trouble with was walking long distances. She didn't have to build up the leg strength to walk longer distances. We had such peaceful weather. I had a lot of conversations. I just got to hold her a lot. I got I mean, I got to do a lot of the things that I wanted to do. I don't think they were worried or concerned they were going to get caught. I think they were still just very excited and giddy that they were together and Gypsy was free from the torture and the abuse and she was a free woman. And I believe they lived that way until they ultimately were caught. We actually said we would never talk about this ever again. We would never utter this to another soul. But on June 14th, Gypsy made a fateful decision and logged into the Facebook account she once shared with her mother. At some point after the homicide, Gypsy had posted on Facebook, the bitch is dead. She believed that making that Facebook post was sensational enough that it would get people to act and to eventually find her mom. I don't think Nicholas knew that Gypsy was gonna be making the, the Facebook post, but by her making that Facebook post, she definitely alerted authorities to where she was. On the morning of June 15th, 2015, Nicholas and Gypsy are asleep in his bed. 
when they're startled awake by an alarming sound. Morning I will never forget. I remember me and her being spooked out of a dead sleep with uh, police saying, uh, Nicholas Goyage, I mean, no, you're up there. Please come out with your hands up. Suddenly, the home where Nicholas and Gypsy are staying is surrounded by SWAT team officers. She ended up going into the freaking closet. I just followed her. And she started crying, so I tried to comfort her. And I told her, I don't care if I got to freaking uh, protect you with my dead body. I'm not going to let them take you. And that's when she realized she uh, didn't want that to happen. And she was actually scared of that. I think that's the reason why she started to turn herself in first. They do have this final moment where they're in Mr. Godesham's closet, and he is reiterating to her to make sure to stick to the story that they had come up with. She ended up saying, I love and adore you. It's what you used to always say to each other all the time. Uh, I said, I love and adore you, too. Just before she was about to go down there, I got that last kiss. That's when she turned herself in. And I came down slowly, and they arrested me. Coming up, with Nicholas and Gypsy in custody, stories start to shift, and the finger-pointing begins. Gypsy pretended she didn't even know her mother was dead. And the question rises, did Gypsy ever truly love Nicholas? Or did she simply want to be done with her mother's abuse and manipulation forever? I think Gypsy learned at the feet of the master. I don't know why I didn't see this coming. As a SNAP listener, you know the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every case I learn about, I'm reminded how much I want to prioritize my vigilance and preparation. That's why I use and recommend Simply Safe Home Security. My cameras have alerted me about trespassers and even given me a sense of security knowing my home is safe even when I'm not there. Simply Safe offers protection for the whole house with advanced sensors that not only detect break-ins, but fires, floods, and other threats to your home and getting you the help you need for each scenario. The indoor security cameras offer privacy shutters to ensure physical privacy when you want it. Plus, you can try Simply Safe for 60 days risk-free. If you don't love it, return your system for a full refund. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/snapped. That's simplysafe.com/snapped. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console console. Smart thermostat. Set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film The Aviators. Now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. On June 15th, 2015, Waukesha County Sheriff's deputies detained Gypsy Blanchard and Nicholas Godijon in Big Bend, Wisconsin. They had me in a cell by myself. But what ended up happening was they were trying to take me back to another one. I ended up walking around past her. And she just starts going wild. She basically says, baby, baby, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
I love you. Please don't forget about me. Please, please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm like, all I did was stop and look at her. And one of the officers pushed me in and keep on walking. We served the search warrant the next day to actually search the residence for evidence after Gypsy and Nicholas were arrested. In Nicholas's bedroom is where the majority of the evidence was found. They find a cache of cash, you know, thousands of dollars that probably was stolen from Dee Dee from the home. The murder weapon is there with blood still on it. They had shipped it from Springfield to Wisconsin to his home. Before uh, leaving Springfield for Wisconsin, uh, Gypsy was worried that if they took the knife with them on the bus, they would get discovered. So they did go to a post office and mailed both the knife and uh, the gloves. Nicholas had told us ahead of time where, where the knife would be. And sure enough, that's where we found the knife, in his closet, in the package, not opened yet. They did not clean up their tracks very well at all. When Gypsy and Nicholas were taken into custody, they were not hesitant about speaking about their actions. Detectives that were in that interview were quite surprised that she was getting around by herself, walking, and did not seem to be in as, as desperate of a health state as Green County thought she may be. Not only was she okay, but it appeared pretty clearly that she was there willingly with Mr. Godijan as his girlfriend. How did you get from Missouri to here? Not about a week ago. I started when um, I met my boyfriend, Nick. I don't know how much he told you. I also told you everything that I do know also. Okay. Um, Apparently, from what she told me, her mom kicked her out of her house. Okay. So she uh, texted me to pick her up. This first story he gave was that, uh, you know, they had met and gotten in a relationship, and that his understanding is that Gypsy had been kicked out of her house, so he was going to take the Greyhound bus down to Springfield to pick her up, bring her back to Wisconsin to live with him, basically. I was worried sick about her when I got there to okay. where I wanted to find her as soon as possible. Okay. Because I knew she was wandering the streets. Nicholas was very reluctant at first to admit his involvement. The investigator kept pressing him. Nick, I want you to do the honorable thing, okay, for, for a gypsy. About 20 minutes or so into the actual interview, he admitted to murdering Claudine. And then the truth is, okay, I'll admit it. I did actually stab her mom. I will admit it. I know. OK. I, the only reason I did it is because I did it for me and her. That's the real reason I did it. I would have never did it if it was not for me and her. OK. The interview from Nicholas Godijohn gave quite a bit of information that wasn't correct with what Gypsy was stating. And, and I want you to understand that um, you need to be honest with me. And, and if you're involved in anything, it's not about ready to tell you, then you didn't tell me, okay? Gypsy pretended she didn't even know her mother was dead. Um, your mom's dead, okay? Now, what I want to ask you Wait, we'll is your, your, mom's, your mom's passed away, okay? She's deceased, all right? Now, what I want to ask you, did you have involvement in this? Okay. 
Gypsies still try a little bit longer to say, no, 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 I don't know. I have no idea what happened to her. And he really just says, no, you know. I've been never hurt my mom. Okay, sweetheart, like, do you really want to date yourself? You're, you're dating yourself deeper. Okay? No, seriously, I would never listen, hurt listen her. Listen to me, listen to me, okay? I, I don't, I don't play around with that, okay? I'm not gonna play around with this. That's when she starts finally breaking down. I can do my mom. I know you do. I know you, sweetheart, I know you love your mom. Look, Nick and my mom didn't get along very good. Okay. But that's all I know. Okay. So why do you think Nick did this? I didn't say he did. I know that he loves me and he would do anything for me and to be with me. Okay, I'm asking you to direct him straight. Mm -hmm. Did you kill your mom? No, no, sir. Did you have knowledge of Nicholas was going to kill your mom yes, before he did it? Yes, sir. Did Gypsy know that you were going to kill her mother? Um, honestly, she asked me to. Do you think that if, if Gypsy hadn't asked you to kill her mom, you'd ever killed her mom? I know I wouldn't have done it. Okay. You just did it because you loved Gypsy and Gypsy asked you to do it. Yes. When detectives confront Gypsy with Nicholas's statement, she continues to profess her innocence. But detectives quickly find evidence to the contrary. Things were progressing very quickly, all at the same time, in Springfield, Missouri. We were unveiling Facebook communication back and forth between Gypsy and Nicholas John that painted a much different story. For police, they had so much evidence, right almost from the get-go. This plan was very clear that Gypsy made the suggestion, assisted. She talked Nicholas John into carrying the plan out. Fascinating new details in a Springfield murder case. Gypsy Blanchard and her boyfriend, Nicholas John are now jailed in Wisconsin on first-degree murder. People were obviously bewildered by what was going on before their eyes. Gypsy Blanchard supposedly suffered from cancer and multiple health issues, who'd been in a wheelchair, and suddenly she walks into a Waukesha County courthouse, handcuffed as the suspect in her mother's murder. You start realizing the depths of this con. Gypsy didn't know that she wasn't actually sick. She knew she didn't need the wheelchair, but she actually thought she had cancer. She had all of these different diseases. And it wasn't until after she was arrested that she learned that she was actually healthy. We learned that Dee Dee Blanchard had for years cajoled and pushed on doctors to say that she had all sorts of medical conditions that she didn't have. Munchausen by proxy refers to a very important form of child abuse. The Munchausen by proxy perpetrator is willing to view their child as an object to be manipulated rather than a child to be loved. And so they feign, exaggerate, or actually induce illness in their child in order to get some sort of emotional gratification. They don't do it primarily to get money, though that may happen. 
as a result of having a sick child. They do it primarily because they like the attention that they're getting. The abuse in the Blanchard case is as potent and disturbing as any I've ever seen. Dee Dee and Gypsy were victims of Hurricane Katrina. Dee Dee claimed that all of the medical records for Gypsy were destroyed, and that would be ideal for someone who wants to suppress those records and not have them seen by future doctors. Gypsy led a horrible life. Gypsy was confined to a wheelchair, fed medications, poked, prodded. I will never say, never say that Gypsy is not a victim. No woman should ever, no child for that matter, should ever have to be raised that way. No one ever should ever have to be raised that way. So my heart goes out to her for that. The question then becomes, did Gypsy really love Nicholas? Or was he just a pawn that she manipulated in order to do what she wanted and needed? He felt like he was saving her. And that was her, I mean, I can't believe they went that route. If Nick would have came to me and I would, you know, it would have ended totally different. But she must have had a hold on him. It's not crazy to think that Gypsy learned from her mother how to manipulate people because Dee Dee had been doing it her entire life. I think Gypsy learned at the feet of the master. She learned that people can be manipulated, and she found an individual who was in love with her and willing to do anything she said. Somebody who also was willing to do what it would take to free Gypsy from the stranglehold her mother had on her. And Nicholas was more than willing. Originally, in the beginning, I did feel that she was not taking responsibility for her actions. But at the same time, due to the way I know she was raised, I can't blame her. I can't. How is justice delivered in a case like this, when the lines between victim and perpetrator are so blurred? Who's the real villain here? I somehow just knew deep within my heart, some way me and her would end up uh, being together in the end. On June 16, 2015, Nicholas Godijohn and Gypsy Rose Blanchard are indicted for the murder of Gypsy's mother, Dee Dee. Startling new developments in an already bizarre murder case in Springfield. Gypsy Blanchard now charged with killing her mother. My wife and I went and saw Gypsy in Greene County Jail because I, I needed some answers. And the biggest one was, why did you not say anything to anybody? All you had to do was stand up one time in public, and all this would have been different. And the only thing that she could say was, the only reason I didn't say anything is because I didn't want mom to go to jail. To which my response was, well, this is a little bit more permanent than that. And she just kind of hung her head and said, I understand. On July 5th, 2016, the Greene County District Attorney's Office holds a surprise hearing in the case of Gypsy Blanchard. 
24-year-old Gypsy Blanchard stood in the courtroom looking scared and nervous as she admitted to planning and killing her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. Gypsy was at the center of an international story that drew headlines around the world. I think most people were stunned to find out that a murder plot was drawing this kind of national attention. Dee Dee obviously was the main victim of a murder, but there was a lot of sympathy for Gypsy, not for the act, not for what she did, but for what led her to that. Ultimately, prosecutors offered Gypsy Blanchard a plea deal, and she took it. How did you plead to the Class A felony of murder in the second degree? Gypsy will spend 10 years in jail. She will only get the possibility of probation if she serves eight years of her sentence. When you look at her situation, it really probably is the worst case of child abuse that you'll ever see. And so for her, it was such a mitigating factor that we did feel that although we can't condone it and, and we don't give a free pass, we certainly give a lot of consideration because she really did, you know, suffer pretty horrifically, and that was really her life up until that point. The question now becomes, what happens to Nicholas? In November 2018, Nicholas Godijohn's trial begins in Greene County, Missouri. Coming into the trial, there was a bit of a misconception that due to the very severe abuse of Gypsy that came out, that that was actually why Nicholas Godishan murdered Claudine. There was a ton of evidence against both Nicholas and Gypsy. There were computer searches, text messages, Facebook messages. That was a big part, I think, of what I hope dispelled this knight in shining armor myth about Mr. Godishan is that it wasn't a reluctant, I, I guess I'll just do what has to be done to, to save you, that he really got into the role for him, that he got to sort of play this assassin. He's finalizing the plan in his head, thinking about it in a day and hours before he goes to kill me. Not only that, he was looking forward to it and excited about it. The defense primarily was that because of Mr. Godijan's autism, that he did just simply did not have the ability to deliberate. Gypsy manipulated Nick, a low-functioning person with autism. And then Gypsy pressures Nick into committing a homicide against her mother. A secondary element of their defense is probably also was to make this a lot about Gypsy and the fact that this was her idea to get some of that attention away from Mr. Godijan and his actions. Lying, conning people, manipulating people, that's all she had known. And so that was really their only recourse in the defense of Nicholas to say, yes, he did stab Dee Dee, yes, he did kill her, but this was all Gypsy's idea, and she manipulated him into doing this. She's the evil genius behind this. 
On November 15, 2018, Nicholas's defense attorney calls Gypsy Blanchard to the stand. When Gypsy walked in to testify, the one thing a lot of people wanted to know was, how is Nick going to react? It's the first time she and Nicholas have been in the same room since they were arrested three years earlier. He stared at her hungrily, like he wanted to drink her in. He couldn't get enough of her. From the moment she walked in, his eyes tracked her all the way until she went to sit down to give her testimony. She could tell from my eye contact with her that I'm like, don't you dare lie on the stand. Don't you dare lie on the stand. Miss Blanche, could you raise your right hand? When Gypsy testified at in Nicholas's trial, she was pretty forthright. Whose idea was it to kill your mother? Mine. Why did you want to kill your mother? Because I wanted to be free of her hold on me. Did you and Nick ever talk about this? Yes. Who initially brought up killing your mother? I did. She did admit it was her original idea, and she asked him to do it for her. She provided the weapon and, and did the planning with him. So she was pretty forthright about that. Who talked you into killing your mother? I did. I talked him into it. Even though she was a witness for the defense, ultimately her testimony served better for the prosecution because she said that Nicholas was 100% willing to do anything she wanted. State of Missouri versus Nicholas Godijan. The jury has announced that they have reached a verdict. As to count one, we, the jury, find the defendant, Nicholas Godijan, guilty of murder in the first degree. How that verdict and everything happened, how it came down, was influenced by the Satan himself. I really do believe that. I believe that he was corrupting the actual, actual whole thing. Uh, I seen too much of it. I, I seen too much signs that he was around. At sentencing, he told the judge that all he ever wanted was to be loved. All he wanted was a woman's love. And that's why he committed the murder, because he was blindly in love with Gypsy. And he asked the judge to show him any kind of mercy. We assess and declare the punishment for murder in the first degree at imprisonment or life without the possibility of probation or parole. I wasn't surprised. Like I said, uh, when I uh, had it happen, um, I mean, there was a shock at first, but then I got over the shock. It wasn't like a, like being shell-shocked where it lasted a long time. It didn't happen that way. Despite his life sentence, Nicholas remains optimistic about his chances for an appeal. Even when I know that the verdict is going to turn out to be that, I'm not afraid of it because I know that there's something better waiting for me. I know there's a better verdict waiting for me. Nicholas John is a young man who now is spending the rest of his life behind bars. And the question is, what more could have been done for this young man prior to this happening? I should have been more aware of what was, how 
they were interacting and how far it was progressing and what they wanted. The stars aligned somehow that these two individuals found each other and ultimately did commit this murder that obviously captured the nation's attention. Though he will likely spend the rest of his life behind bars, Nicholas says he has no regrets about freeing Gypsy from her mother's abuse and claims he still loves Gypsy with all his heart. Despite the fact that Gypsy says she's moved on from their relationship, and in 2019, she announced her engagement to a new man. I feel that she could still be the one. Somehow I just knew deep within my heart, some way me and her would end up uh, being together in the end. I don't know how I knew that, but it's, it's just something that is unexplainable. I, I feel that she's still with me. Mm. Hi, honey. <laughs> I would, have, I would have done it again. I really would have. I would have done it again. I might have done it differently, but I would have done it again. I just couldn't see her. I couldn't see her suffer anymore. For more information on killer couples, go to oxygen.com. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.